Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. So that was last night. Uh, That was Billy Joel. He did his, it was the first time in like 30 years he had performed at the Grammys. Uh, So this was at the end of the show last night. First, he did the new song that's out, which is growing on me. It's, you know, and and the song builds too. We played a little bit of it last week, but the song builds uh, as you go through it. And then he ended with that. It was just a great, just such a cool way to end the show. I mean, how old is he at this point? 70. Hold on. You might be faster. Uh, 72, maybe? 70, 70? He is 74. Oh, my gosh. And he sounds great. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say he sounds fantastic, but he sounds pretty dang good. He sounds the same. Yes. He sounds yes. the same as he did when I first started listening to him as a kid. Toward the end of the uh, the new song last night, he got a little gravelly. Mm-hmm. Towards at the end, he got kind of in that lower register, which was cool to hear. But, yeah, he sounds great. Um, so that was pretty cool to hear. Um, and there were some other moments. Do you, we have the Trevor Noah audio? We'll play that here in a second. Um, I know we're still working to find it. it. Whoever decided to put the Grammys together, whoever, whoever's job that was to, to say, let's get Tracy Chapman and Luke Combs together and let's get Trevor Noah, who I don't, I have no feelings about. Um, I, you know, watch the daily show in the John Stewart days and I'm thrilled that John Stewart is coming back, but he did a great job of just showing that it can be done. You can host a show like that and be funny and not, um, not offend people quite so much. I mean, at the very beginning, uh, he goes up to the table where Mark Ronson is, who is a big producer in Hollywood, who is married to Meryl Streep's daughter and Meryl Streep comes in. She's late. Uh, it was pouring down rain last night in Los Angeles. We've been we've been hearing about all the trouble that they've gotten in uh, California with the weather. And so at some point he goes up to that chair and he says, this is where Mark Ronson's mother-in-law will be sitting when she gets here. And then she just walks in. And Taylor Swift was one of the last to arrive. And so they showed her coming in um, and made a couple of jokes in Taylor Swift's favor about the amount of coverage and the grief that she's getting for being in a relationship with Travis Kelsey. So it was cool. And he made a couple other jokes. One was about Kelly Clarkson. Um, is this, do we have that? We can play this. We'll no, try to get I cannot find that one. I have the Taylor Swift stuff. So he basically said, Oh, we'll get to the Taylor Swift stuff. Yeah. The Kelly Clarkson bit. If you don't watch uh, Kelly Clarkson's show, a big thing that she does is called Kelly Oki and she will cover and Kelly Clarkson just has that voice. I mean, it, it, you just, she can sing anything. And so she often on that show will cover other people's songs and she's incredible at it. And he said, anybody that goes long, we're going to have Kelly Clarkson cover your song better than you can. It was just great. Uh, This is what he had to say about Taylor Swift. 
Are you seeing what's happening right now? As Taylor Swift moves through the room, the local economy around those tables improves. Can you see that? Look at this magic right now. Look at this magic, huh? Lionel Richie, now Lionel Wealthy. Look at that. Look at that. That was good. I laughed at that. Um, so just showing that it can be done. Um, and it was a big night. Uh, just I don't have the, we don't have the ratings out yet in terms of how the Grammys did, but we'll, uh, we'll see how that ends up going. We have a variety of sports news to get to today. Uh, coming up at 1230, we'll go further into the FIFA announcement about Kansas City for the World Cup. Uh, Kathy Nelson, kind enough to make some time for us, coming up at 1230, so we'll go further into that. Um, and then we've got some stories out today about the price of the Super Bowl, and we'll get into some of that, too. And we'll uh, talk about John Sherman's latest announcement here in a second. But I hate to – I get that it's a touchy subject a little bit, but we need to talk, for a second at least, about Patrick Mahomes Sr. I don't know why – It is this time of year where sometimes the Chiefs have to deal with some of this behind-the-scenes stuff. And it stinks because Patrick Mahomes, our quarterback, is going to be facing a lot of media this week. And he is no doubt going to be asked about this over and over and over again. And what is he supposed to say? But nonetheless, Patrick Mahomes Sr., the dad uh, was arrested over the weekend for DWI in Tyler, Texas. It is not his first DWI arrest. Um, He was put behind bars late Saturday night on a felony charge of driving while intoxicated Uh, and bond had been set. And I believe he bonded out and he is out of jail now. Spokesperson for Tyler police department said cops initially pulled him over at about 8 30 PM for a routine traffic stop. Although evidence obtained during that stop led to the arrest. So one of the questions that's being asked is initially the question was, will Patrick Mahomes senior be able to go be able to leave the state of Texas to go to the Super Bowl?" The other question is, and this is the one I'm a little more interested in is should he at, at this point, should he be going? Um, and if you want to weigh in on that, 913-586-7798. TMZ's got it. Daily Mail had this just a couple of minutes ago as well. Uh, as a condition, his, his bail conditions were revealed. And as a part of his bail, those conditions, he can leave the state of Texas. It's not a condition of his bail that he stay in state. So if he wants to go to Nevada and see the Super Bowl, there is nothing that bars him from traveling out of state. Uh, initially, he was being held on a $10,000 bond. Um, it's a felony this time rather than a misdemeanor because it was his third or more time. I believe the last time was in 2018 uh, that he had been apprehended for driving while intoxicated. Um, so he can leave the state. Should he? Should he be going? He has not made any comment about it, by the way. Neither is Patrick Mahomes. I wouldn't if I were them. I, I, Patrick Mahomes is not responsible for um, the actions of his family. It's not on him. <sighs> I don't. Um, I just kind of wonder what's being said behind the scenes. If it, it, just from a family standpoint, to not be able to go and watch your son in the biggest day of his career right now uh, would stink. What's the argument? For him not going. I go back and forth about it. It looks bad, but does it only look bad for Patrick Mahomes Sr.? Does it matter? Um, Patrick Mahomes Sr. doesn't. uh, He speaks out a little bit 
uh, at some of these games. The last time we heard from him was when uh, Patrick Mahomes Jr. had the dad bod when the image was taken of him and and Pat, and, and dad kind of spoke out in favor of his son. But other than that, uh, the camera doesn't really find him a whole lot. He doesn't attract a lot of media attention, certainly not like some of the other members of the family. I believe maybe he's met Taylor Swift once and and was in the box maybe once, but really um, doesn't attract the attention. And so it's, you know, the story is a headline right now because it just happened over the weekend. Maybe it's this is going to die down here in a couple of days. How do you feel about it? 913-586-7798. Text line is absolutely split. Somebody just said he should absolutely not go to the Super Bowl. And the very next text said he absolutely should go. Okay, should he be going or not? Or should he stay home? 913-586-7798. We'll get to your comments on this next here on KMBZ. Phone over here, 913-586-7798. Coming up at 1130, uh, we had seen the story out of Channel 5. Kansas legislature is in session. And one of the things that they are considering is legislation that would criminalize encouraging someone to attempt suicide. Uh, It's based on a case out of Kansas. Uh, It was nearly a year since a man in Kansas died by suicide after getting texts telling him to do it. I know it's serious, uh, but we will talk to one of the lawmakers associated with this coming up after 1130. Uh, If you recall the case, this is what this reminds me of. It was Michelle Carter, uh, who had been found guilty of involuntary manslaughter. This is back in 2014 that this happened. She had sort of been in a relationship with this guy named Conrad Roy and Taunt isn't even the right word. Encouraged, pushed, encouraged him to take his own life. And he did. And she was found guilty of involuntary manslaughter. She served 11 months. And it was one of the first cases that we heard that was like that, where someone had been, you know, she didn't, um, he had died by carbon monoxide poisoning. She didn't do that. She didn't, you know, she didn't set him up in the car. But she absolutely encouraged him to, in fact, kind of guilted him into it and called him weak for not doing it. It's one of the first times we've heard of that happening. So we'll get further into that as a possibility uh, coming up here after 1130. Um, Moving on here to talk about the Kansas City Royals for a second. Uh, So April 2nd is the date of the vote for whether to extend that three eight cent sales tax effectively funding anything that's going to happen in the future with the Chiefs and the Royals. And again, I I sit here as a Jackson County voter, and I don't know any more about where that money is going to go now than I did two weeks ago or two months ago or six months ago. And the vote is coming up in less than two months. And one of the big questions that remains unanswered that I feel like my vote hinges on and probably a lot of other people's, too, is where are the Royals going to play? It's um, the initial deadline that we had heard for an announcement was September. That was the first time where we thought uh, where John Sherman said we're going to announce this by the end of September. And then it was it was canceled. And there was really no date given at that point for when we were going to hear answers about that announcement. And it's the thing that a lot of people need to know. It's people care about whether you're going to keep them, you know, at out um, out in independence. You're going to keep them out that way or they're going to go to North Kansas City or where they're going to go. So we learned a little bit more about this over the weekend. Uh, Royals chairman and CEO John Sherman said on Saturday, this was out of MLB.com and the Kansas City Star had a story about it this morning also, 
according to a joint letter of intent that the Royals and the Chiefs signed on January 22nd that helped to get this on the ballot April 2nd, the Royals' deadline to reveal a site location is Leap Day, February 29th. He said, John Sherman said, the team is hoping to announce the location, quote, meaningfully ahead of that deadline. The word meaningfully is already making me crazy about this. Um, During the Fan Fest at Kaufman on Saturday, John Sherman said at the rally, we plan on doing it meaningfully in front of that February 29th date. Veterans start voting on February 16th. Uh, According to Jackson County Election Board, military and overseas ballots have to be sent out 46 days before an election. So they have to, um, meaning military is going to have the chance to start voting here pretty quickly. Like we said, February 16th, and those ballots are already going out. So you want anyone who has the chance to vote to have all of that information. Otherwise, I feel like you're going to vote no, because if that matters to you and you don't have that part of it yet, you're going to say no. That's... That's how I would go. So the Royals want to make sure everybody has as much information about the team's plans as they possibly can. And so they say their objective is to get the announcement made meaningfully ahead of when veterans start voting. Well, today is February 5th. (laughs) So it could be it it could be any day. And I sit here and, and just wonder how long have they, how long has the decision been made? I assume the decision is made. I assume the decision's been made for a little while. I could be totally wrong. We'll see how it goes. Um, but what are you waiting for to make the announcement? It's, we also have heard nothing from the county about any kind of, and if you've heard something and I haven't, feel free to let me know what it is. I just expected there to be a full-on PR campaign. You know, it's, The future of these stadiums rides on this $0.38 sales tax passing. And what are you waiting for in terms of some of the public meetings and the forums? And I, what I assume is going to happen is that individual Jackson County legislators are going to have meetings and public forums in their own districts. This is the information that you need to be released. Why are we waiting until the last minute to make this announcement? And if it really has taken this long to get to a decision about where the stadium is going to go, why? What has been going on behind the scenes that we don't know about that has taken this long? Um, So uh, the other information that we're kind of waiting for, too, is the completion of the community benefits agreement and lease, uh, lease agreement with the county. The Royals and the Chiefs also plan to run a campaign to help the ballot measure pass. To me, it feels very reminiscent of the KCI vote, or should be. Um, If you recall at that time, uh, we've been talking about a new airport terminal here forever. And that was going to go on the ballot. And Sly James, the mayor of Kansas City at the time, decided to cancel the vote. And the thought was, you need it to pass. You know, you only get one shot at this. You need it to pass. And so he canceled the vote because he could. And then there was a year of public campaign. I went to a lot of those meetings and they did meetings, anybody that would listen to educate people about the project so that when you voted, you understood what you were voting on. It ended up passing three to one. That was effective. And they had a lot longer than two months in the run up to that vote. Um, It's just such a serious project. I don't get um, publicly, at least it doesn't seem like it's being taken um, that seriously. And a lot of you, um, are, okay, yes, Royal Stadium is in KCMO City Limits. I'm out, 
out that direction. Um, somebody said they're waiting until after the Super Bowl to make the announcement. Why? Less busy, maybe. Get both parties on the same page. Why I'm are not they sure. not there? If they are not there, why are they not? Why are they not there? It's the way it feels to me is that they take for granted the idea that they assume it's going to pass. That's how it looks. Is that it, my perception is that we don't need to do public information because of course people are going to pass that tax because people love this team so much that they don't care where it's going to go. That you know, it, they trust us. They don't care if it's going to end up going downtown or Northland or what site downtown or East Village or wherever it's going to go. I just, to me, it speaks to kind of how things are going behind the scenes overall. And that's how this has gone from the very beginning. This is, you know, initially it was just going to be about the Royals and Kaufman going downtown. And then there were 16 sites and KCK was briefly in the mix and North Kansas City was in the mix. And then it became between these two sites. And then we thought it was going to be East Village. And then maybe it was the Kansas City Star Building. And then we go back and forth. Um... I just, I I sit here just um, don't take for granted that you think this vote is just going to pass. Do as much public information as you can. Again, it's, I mean, those ballots have to go out to the military on February 16th. I can't remember how early, early voting starts. I can't remember how far in advance. I have it written down somewhere. Um, but people are going to start making that decision soon. A couple of you now are saying they are waiting until after the Super Bowl to make the announcement so as not to create a distraction. Today would not be a distraction. I mean, it's we have a week of waiting until the Super Bowl. <laughs> like fa- this hasn't already been a distraction for the past however many months at this point already? Well, and it's this is the week where we're all just sitting here waiting for the Super Bowl. You know, this is the time <laughs> yeah. where go ahead and make the announcement this week because, we, you know, we have plenty of time here. Don't bury it. You know, um, the distraction is don't do it on Monday when we're all going to be talking about the outcome of the game. Don't do it on Wednesday if there is a parade, because that's all we're going to care about. Otherwise, get it out there and give people the chance to ask questions and take, you know, take public comment and answer every question that everybody has about it and be consistent in your answers. And that's how you get it to pass. Uh, we'll take one quick call on this, and then we need to move on. Richard has called us out of Raytown. Hey, Richard. Hey, Jamie. I got two problems with the stadium. One is we don't need a new stadium. The independent uh, feasibility study or, or engineering study that's been done by the Jackson County Sports Authority says that the stadium's going to last another 50 years. The second problem I have with it is, is the property that they want to develop the new stadium on is owned by the owners of the Royals, and this is just a land grab by them to get us to pay for their development. Okay, uh, we'll leave it at that. Thanks a lot, Richard, for getting in. Um, we don't, Colin, if you can drop it for me, my button won't work. Um, we don't know where it's going yet. So the land that we're talking about, we don't even know which land it is that, that we're talking about. And that's my frustration with the whole project. So we'll see when they decide to make an announcement. All right, we'll switch gears here coming up. Uh, we will talk to a Kansas representative who is among those proposing a bill that would make it illegal to suggest someone take his or her own life. We will get to that coming up here on KMBZ.
Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. At last check, the Kansas Department of Health and Environment said there had been more than 6,000 suicides between 2011 and 2022. Uh, that is up dramatically, 40, 53% over that time. One of the concerns and one of the issues that's coming up legally is what happens if someone is encouraged to take his or her own life? Should there be legal responsibility there? It's an issue that's coming up in Kansas. And to uh, tell us more about legislation that's being proposed, we are pleased to have on the line with us State Rep Nick Hoheisel out of Wichita. Thanks a lot for making the time for us. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on. So before we get to the legislation that is being proposed in Kansas, um, I would like you to tell the story, if you would, about the what prompted the call for the legislation. So it comes from an incident in my district uh, last spring. We had a young man. Um, he was in a, a mentally abusive relationship with a, a girl. Uh, it was mentally abusive on her and towards him. They broke up. Uh, and then one night he underwent a mental health episode and he tried to get in contact with her um, and uh, let her know he was having these thoughts of self-harm. And what she did is she had a friend that was with her uh, text uh, the young man pretending to be her new boyfriend. And throughout the night sent harassing messages, um, encouraging him to take his own life. Nobody will miss him. Just do it. Um, have you done it yet? Uh, until ultimately, unfortunately, he did take his own life. And uh, his name was Max Coleman. He was 21 yep. at the time that that happened. And I, I, I cannot even believe that a person would do that to another human yep. being. I, I just can't get my head around the possibility of that happening. What did you think when you heard the story? Um, and, you know, as a parent myself, I, I was angry. I was upset um, that there. I, I agree with you that there's somebody out there that would take advantage of an individual that is going through a mental health episode. He's, he's made it clear he's struggling. He's made it clear that he's having these thoughts of self-harm and to take advantage of him when he was that vulnerable and, and it cost him his own life. Um, you know, just as a parent, uh, upset, angry, and then astonished that we had nothing on the books here in Kansas to address um, that. And Channel 5 is where we saw uh, the story here out of Kansas City. And I just want to read, and, and I'll warn our listeners that some of this is disturbing. But I think it's important to point out what we mean, uh, especially if the legislation goes forward, exactly what we're talking about here. And so it's his mom that had been talking uh, more about this. And she said that in the days leading up to his death, 
He had been getting harassing texts. He warned the person texting he was considering suicide, saying, please don't. His mom said the person replied with remarks like, good, do it. Nobody cares. And I think it's important to point out that mom was aware of his state, of the state that he was in, and they were working to get him help. Therapists were booked, and that's a problem that we have, too, is a shortage of mental health professionals. But it was too late. Yeah. Yeah. She uh, she lived in Texas, uh, still lives in Texas. Um, when uh, Max reached out to her to say that he's having these thoughts, she actually jumped in the car and was driving, driving to Wichita um, that night to be with him. And she was the one that ultimately discovered discovered Max. Um, and I couldn't just imagine walking in as a parent and seeing your your child like that. So you sit here as a lawmaker and a lot of us sit in situations like this, wondering what can we do? What can we do about it? And there are a lot of directions that we can go, but you're in a unique position. Tell us about the legislation that came to mind for you. Yeah. So again, I was astonished to, to find out that we had nothing. We have no, no way of prosecuting or holding the individuals accountable for this. Um, I looked around to see what some other states have done. Many states have some kind of law on the books uh, for this. Um, this legislation advising or encouraging suicide uh, comes from model language out of Oklahoma and out of uh, South Dakota. And uh, California uh, also has uh, stuff on the books, as does Louisiana, Minnesota, um, that is specific encouraging language. Um, other states have advises, causes, uh, deception, incites, solicits, promotes, and even one, uh, Illinois has use of psychological pressure. Um, but here in Kansas, we don't have anything that addresses that that avenue of encouraging or psychological pressure. Our anti-suicide law mainly deals with the physical act, participating in the physical act of, of um, suicide. And so we have a gap there that we need to cover here in the state. And I fear that with social media and text messaging, uh, this issue is only gonna get worse. It's so much easier for uh, someone to send text messages or Facebook messages when you don't see the victim, when you're not eye to eye with the victim and understand that there is somebody on the other side that may take this action. So what would House Bill 2488 do if passed? So it, it would criminalize um, the encouraging, intentionally encouraging or advising another to commit suicide. Um, and there's two different levels. If, if it's just a level A, or I'm sorry, yeah, class A misdemeanor, if the individual doesn't take the action, um, if they do take an action of self-harm, it becomes a, a level seven uh, person felony. Uh, can you? What's the punishment then for that? Uh, That's a felony. Up to, uh, off the top of my head, I believe a level seven person felony with no priors is up to about 36 months in prison, which uh, when working with law enforcement on this bill, they felt that that was kind of an appropriate um, level of sentencing. Again, I'm, I'm hopeful that what this actually does is it encourages parents to talk to kids, talk to um, them, let them know that, hey, there are penalties if you do this behavior. I hope this, this law is never used. I hope nobody's ever prosecuted under this because I hope this causes folks to reach out and say, hey, this is unacceptable behavior. So a couple of um, counterpoints that I can see to this. One is defining that encouraging behavior um, because you get into bullying territory and teasing territory. When it comes to enforcing the law, 
Tell me more about the encouraging. Yeah, so, and, and that's an excellent point. And it, you, we are walking the tightrope here with, with First Amendment uh, rights. We're not trying to criminalize the offhanded comment of go jump off a bridge or something like that. And so I think the Judiciary Committee may may look at this and try to narrow it down a little bit. They understand the gap we're trying to fill here with this legislation. Um, I'm not an attorney by any means, um, and I'll defer to the expertise of our Judiciary Committee to narrow this down further. But we're not trying to be offhanded comments of even go cure yourself or go jump off a bridge or something like that just in passing. Um, we're not trying to prosecute here. But if you know an individual suffering from a mental health episode and you repeat, repeatedly send in harassing messages encouraging them to, to take that self-harm, you should be held accountable. We're talking to Representative Nick Hoheisel uh, out of Wichita, representative there, about House Bill 2488 being proposed. The other part of this that I can see someone saying in a hearing is what about personal responsibility? What about teaching kids or adults to be strong and to that in the end, we're influenced in a lot of ways. A lot of people are mean. A lot of people say things. In the end, it is up to you. I hate that these words are even coming out of my mouth because it sounds awful. Um, But it's up to you on, on how you decide to react to that. You know, I think there there is a tad bit of validity there. However, I would counter with we have a number of laws on the books uh, that deal with vulnerable individuals. And if you are contemplating suicide, if you're contemplating self-harm, uh, I, I would I would classify you as a vulnerable individual. And we should be doing it. We have a interest as a state um, and as a government of protecting vulnerable individuals like that. Um, yeah, there's a tiny bit of, of um, self-responsibility in this. But at the end of the day, especially in the Max Coleman case, it was an individual, uh, a predator, taking advantage of a, a vulnerable individual repeatedly throughout the night, um, encouraging them uh, him to uh, initiate self-harm. And those are the individuals we're going after with this. The word predators is a strong one and a meaningful word here, especially when you have the text, I mean, you can see it in writing of exactly what was said between these two. Yeah. And I mean, he, you know, he responded as well. I mean, the the last text he sent was, okay, I'm going to do it. You know, and there was no text back of, I'm just playing, please stop or don't do it. I, I'm, I'm being serious now. There was no, there was nothing like that in return. It was just more encouragement. Of the states that you mentioned, that have laws like this on the books in what ways have they been enforced when have we have we had cases where it's the law has been used and someone's been convicted so i haven't got that far in my research yet i know there was a high profile case out of massachusetts a few years ago a young girl um was convicted of i believe manslaughter um and the reason she was convicted of manslaughter is because there was no middle gap so it, the district attorney there was stuck between not charging at all or charging with manslaughter, and he was unsure he could get a conviction for manslaughter for this crime. Uh, he did get a conviction for manslaughter. I believe she served 15 months uh, in prison. But he, he wished that there was that middle there that he knew he could get a conviction of. And uh, I know that Massachusetts has um, – legislation now pending before their legislator to to do this exact same thing so it's filling that middle gap of it's not quite manslaughter 
but we need to charge them with something, and that's better than nothing. And this middle piece is what what we're wanting to uh, initiate here in Kansas. Yeah, you're exactly right. It was Michelle Carter, and she only served 11 months. She was sentenced to more. You're absolutely correct. And they let her out um, after 11 months. And those texts, similarly to the Max Goodman case, were horrible. Just absolutely mind-boggling. As a a parent... Boy, I can't imagine. It's just scary to think about what your kids are going through. And you have a situation like this where mom knew even and and was trying to get help. I mean, you were that close to getting help for the kids. What advice do you have for parents or what difficulties do you have as a parent in making sure that your kids are open about their mental health? It's tough. Um, Just, you know, as a father, I have a daughter and a son, and especially my daughter, I worry about. Um, she's 14 now, and so she's entering that stage. Uh, I, I worry about, you know, the self, self-image self issues and, and social media and what it's doing to our youth. It, just have those conversations with them. It, you know, it could be over a, a baseball game or a football game. I, my son loves uh, watching football with me. And we'll just have a private conversation over a football game just in a relaxed atmosphere where you can have that open dialogue. You know, don't be scared of, of an open dialogue with, with your children on this issue. We need more of that. We need to encourage our kids that, hey, tell me your feelings. What are you feeling right now? What are your thoughts? Uh, and help them work through those. Yeah, I think one of the things we always need to do, too, is listen. When we when we yeah. ask kids to be honest with us, listen to what yeah. they say. And if they're – that's a scary place to be as a kid. Yeah, it definitely is. And, I mean, it's it's – so much harder to be a kid these days from from even when I was a kid um, with social media and just technology these days. So definitely listen to your kids. uh, Watch for red flags. If you see any red flags, definitely have those conversations with them. Before we let you go, take us through the process now for House Bill 2488. What happens next? So we had our hearing on it uh, in House Judiciary last week. I think it went pretty well. There was another piece of anti-suicide legislation that will be uh, held uh, or heard this Thursday in House Judiciary. After that, I think we'll have a conversation with the, the chairwoman to see how she wants to proceed, perhaps mending these two uh, pieces of anti-suicide legislation together. It'll come for a House vote. We'll vote on it in House floor. Uh, hopefully pass it. It goes to the Senate for the exact same process. So I would encourage your listeners that uh, reach out to your representative. If this is something you're interested in and your senator and uh, encourage them to support this. Is there is the legislation online if people want to read it? It is. It is House bill. You can go to the Kansas legislative website. Um, there should be a search bar there. You can put in uh, just HB 2488 and the legislation will pop up. You can also access the um, the written testimony as well as uh, go into the YouTube uh, site, legislative website and on YouTube and bring it in the House Judiciary Committee. Uh, the hearing was on um, – sorry, let me bring it up here. We heard it on uh, Wednesday the 31st of January, so if you bring up that meeting, you can watch the testimony live as well, including the mother who gives a very, very passionate uh, speech. We wish you the best of luck with this. It is a, a serious problem and anything we can do, as, you know, as a group, as a team to cut down on it. Uh, we definitely wish you the best of luck. I appreciate that. Thanks a bunch. Uh, State Representative Nick Hoheisel out of Wichita. Uh, again, it's House Bill 2488 if you want to look that up online. 988 
is the National Suicide Prevention Hotline. 988 is the number that you can call. It used to be a much longer number. Now you can just call 988 to get an answer, to talk, to whatever you need to do. Um, just remember, there's always somebody out there. So we appreciate him joining us. We'll take a break here. We'll wrap the hour next on KMBZ. 913-586-7798 if you want to get in here. Uh, coming up at 1230, we'll talk to Kathy Nelson out of the KC Sports Commission and visit KC about the announcement over the weekend. Yesterday, it was a big day uh, to know what matches we're going to get when the World Cup comes in June of 2024, or excuse me, June 2026. So that'll be super cool. So we'll talk to her more about that coming up a little bit later in the show. Wanted to talk about just a little bit of entertainment news here, having nothing to do with the Grammys, in part because I love this casting decision. Uh, if you have watched Law and Order over the years, and it has been, if you recall, um, it was on the air forever. Uh, I think it started in 1990. I think I was in junior high uh, and was canceled in 2010. And then it came back a couple of years ago and started the original show again. Actor Sam Waterston, who is 83 years old, and has done more than 400 episodes as the character of the district attorney there has decided to exit. Uh, he portrayed Jack McCoy since the fifth season uh, in 1994 until it was canceled. And then when it came back, he took that over again. He made an announcement over the weekend uh, that it's time for him to depart. Uh, and he is going to exit the show. His last episode is February 22nd is when that airs. It, it, it's what you know him for. Oh my gosh. I mean, Sam Watterson has been in all kinds of stuff, but he really has just done a heck of a job as that character. The person that they are bringing on now, the actor that they have hired to be the new DA on law and order is Tony Goldwyn, who, when you just talk about people that not just as an actor, but, um, but as a person that you just know to be a really good guy, Tony Goldwyn uh, is the person that they're going to bring on. And if you ever watched Scandal, he played the president on Scandal for a long time. We first got to know him uh, in the movie Ghost when he, I cannot think of the character's name, but when he played the bad guy in the movie Ghost, he has been cast now as a yet unnamed district attorney alongside the series regulars. And I would assume that um, that'll be this season, you would assume, that he will start taking over that role. And I just, I just love him as an actor. And he has a long history and quite the pedigree um, in uh, in show business, MGM Studios. The G is Goldwyn for his dad. He has directed a lot of things as well. Uh, so he will be taking over uh, that DA role, which should be pretty cool. That might get me watching the original Law & Order again, just to see how that ends up going. And then we were talking last week about the comeback of the TV show Suits, which because of streaming is becoming popular again. And so we wondered, is it getting prime for a remake? Yes, in fact, it is. Uh, what they're going to call it is a, they're calling it a Suits spinoff, not just a remake. Uh, but NBC over the weekend shared new details about that. They're going to call it Suits LA. Uh, NBC said it has given a pilot order to that. And again, they're calling it a spinoff of Suits that ran for nine seasons on the USA Network from 2011 until 2019. This is where Meghan Markle became a big star, was on the TV show Suits. And then when the stars of that show came onto the Golden Globes, there were several stars of the original Suits that came onto the Golden Globes and kind of made some jokes about that show becoming a hit again. Thank you to, I can't remember if it's Hulu or not. I think it's Netflix. Netflix. Thank you. Um, they kind of made the joke about how the show sort of, even though it went nine seasons, 
and was a hit for some reason now people are watching it again and there's money in that and people watching it again what they're not saying is who is going to be in the spinoff if it's going to be any of the original cast members or if it's going to be completely new uh new cast members they do say the new show will follow ted black a former federal prosecutor from New York who now represents the most powerful clients in Los Angeles, finds his firm at a crisis point. Uh, it will start filming in late March. The pilot is written and executive produced by the original creator of Suits. So for those of you, a lot of you told us last week that you really love this show and you hope it comes back and you just liked it for how smart it is. You're going to get your wish. Uh, we don't know if it'll be the original cast, but it looks like it is, in fact, coming back. All right, we'll take a break here. Coming up, we'll switch gears. John Grayson's out today, but he had the chance to talk to Robbie Krieger, uh, the guitarist. And we're going to play that interview for you coming up next here on KMBZ. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hey, 